The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas is proud to present the Boots on the Boulevard Concert Series during Rodeo Week with Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. Rodeo Week never sounded so good. With the best live country music at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas this December. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. featuring Chase Rice, Lady Annabellum, Dwight Yoakam, and Justin Moore. More acts announced soon, but don't wait. Go to CosmopolitanLasVegas.com to book your experience. Boots on the Boulevard at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, it is a great honor and a great pleasure to present a forensic soul analysis of one of our own virtues, the astrophenom, Miss Constance Stellis. Miss Stellis happens to be the very first virtue. Met her back in 2010 in the heart of New York City, where she did a national TV appearance, and she just absolutely killed it. She gets calls from the media all the time. She gets calls from Fortune 500 company CEOs and other CEOs of various companies asking to do her charts. She is a uh, featured contributor now in the Huffington Post, and... I think she's in a league of her own as far as her readings go, as far as her charts go. So it's a great honor to have her and to have Miss Lynn and to have Miss Kaza and to have Miss O'Connor on board on the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show. I have so many nice things to say about her. Uh, she's so respected. And again, I can't tell you what a great pleasure and a great joy it is to present a forensic soul analysis on the astrophenom, Miss Constance Dallas. Our special guest today on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show is the astrophenom, Miss Constance Stellis, who you've come to know and love as one of the four virtues on the program. Miss Stellis, each and every week, has provided fantastic insight and analysis on our guests through her astrological readings. And we can learn more about Miss Stellis by going to her website at constancestellis.com. Miss Stellis. Well, That's welcome me. to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show as a featured well, thank guest. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and it continues to be. Excellent. So you offer a very unique perspective when utilizing astrology. I think that of all the people that you talk to that do astrology, you seem to offer um, – you offer in a very scientific-like manner. You're very descriptive, and you're very direct, so – how did you get into astrology, and why do you feel it's been such a crucial part of your life? Mm -hmm. Two big questions. Um, as in most things in my life, uh, I backed into it. <laughs> um, if I look at my chart, I see that most of my planets, I'm a Libra uh, with a Cancerian moon, most of my planets are on the um, western side of the chart. And that usually describes a life where uh, a person works hard, goes forward, plants the seeds, works even harder, and then nothing happens. 
<laughs> and then something comes through the back door. And uh, so my chart does not deny success and, and um, good adventures, but they do seem to come through the back door. So uh, when I um, was studying in school, I studied history. I studied languages. I traveled all around the world thinking, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, I had a very small notice, no, notion of astrology because when I was a child, I had one of those diaries, you know, that everybody had, and inside that was the months and the um, and the zodiac signs. I said, oh, that's kind of interesting, but didn't really speak to me at the time. And when I came to New York, my uh, goal and my direction was to um, be an actress in the theater. I wanted to be a star. So I, be I became a person of the stars, but certainly not uh, a star in film and, and uh, television and theater. And all actors, myself included, want to know oh, when they're going to be rich and famous. So I um, started going to some astrologers. I thought, wow, this is cool. I mean, this is very, very interesting. And... I do think all my life I had a passion to understand people. I didn't have the tools to to do it, and I I wasn't that interested in psychology. It was more why people do what they do. So I uh, I had some uh, success as an actor in the beginning, and I thought, oh well, this is not so difficult. And then I thought mm, maybe I should have a backup plan, and um, not being all that practical, I don't have a lot of earth in my chart, I said, well, maybe I'll take a course in astrology. Because at that time, um, as an astrologer, you had to hand calculate a chart. By that I mean is that you had to actually do the, the logarithms and take someone's birthplace and transform it to um, longitude and latitude and figure out the time difference. It wasn't difficult, but it certainly was cumbersome. And I wasn't too swift in math. I mean, it's, it's not really, pardon me, math, it's arithmetic. So I said, well, I don't know about that. But computer programs that calculated charts were uh, coming out. This was in the 80s. So I said, well, that's interesting. So I took a short course, and I still continue, continued with my, my theater work, and I was in a, a repertory company in New York, and so I was working hard, putting on plays and, and uh, being in the business. And so I took this course, and I was very good at it. I mean, kind of effortlessly. I understood the planets. I understood what I was learning. Um, and I could make leaps of intuition. That's what I'll call it now, from, from the chart. You say, oh, okay, what kind fine. of leaps are you talking about? What Pardon do you mean, me? leaps? Well... Everyone who studies astrology uh, studies that there are nine planets, the sun and the moon, and um, uh, 12 zodiac signs. And we learn when you study that the sun in Leo usually means this, and they're key words, and the moon in the water sign of cancer means this. And so the more you study, the more you kind of get associations. And then I... Um, there's also the way the planets interact. Are they in a flowing relationship or in a challenging relationship? So there's a lot of stuff to understand 
and you can't really memorize it the way you would memorize chemistry or, or mathematics. You have to have a feel for it. So at, when I first began, I did the standard thing. Um, I, I knew the keywords, but I would say in the middle of uh, speaking to somebody, I said, well, what about this? And I couldn't really tell you logically why I said that from the astrology signs. It just was an intuition. And it turns out that the planet Uranus, which is very um, uh, strong in my chart, is the planet of uh, illumination, uh, sudden insights, uh, and kind of out-of-the-box uh, intuition. So I didn't really question that. I just said, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. I was, I was busy being an actor. Um, and then I got a job, a part-time job, and I said, well, maybe I'll do some charts. And I did charts for anybody for very, very cheap uh, price. It was $5. And again, I, I found that studying their chart spoke to them, and I was able to connect with what's in their chart into them. And I would not have been able to, as the other virtues do, just pick up on their, their energies or channel um, a spirit or a guide to understand things about their life. That's not a talent that I have. But I, I can look at anyone's chart and have a, a very definite feel for where they're coming from in this lifetime, uh, what their challenges are, um, Sometimes they're past lives. Sometimes it's important in astrology. Sometimes it's not so important. And also, what can they do to improve their situation this time around? Okay. Is it okay if I just pause you there for one second? And just yeah. Allow, if it was one, if you could just please elaborate more on how you're able to garner that information is just on the past lives alone, based on a person's um, astrological well, chart for this time. Traditionally. Astrology uh, tells us that the 12th house shows us the lifetime before this one. And then we go around the astrology chart uh, to the 11th, to the 10th, and so forth. But you see, some people are not particularly tuned in nor influenced in a crucial or uh, definite way in this lifetime by their past lives. Like maybe, you know, they have a few odd dreams or something. But then there are other people who are very uh, much affected by their past life. And when a problem, because most people come to me when they have a problem, very few people say, well, my life is perfect. Just, you know, kind of entertain me for an hour. I mean, I do my best. But um, if, if the problem is uh, um, situated in a past lifetime and it's an energy that the person is holding onto, for whatever reason, then it's not going to be helped by psychotherapy, by hypnotherapy, by, by you know, positive thinking, by affirmations, by any of the tools that we have to kind of help ourselves out here. And if you go to regular psychologists, you may not be able to get to it. Now, the medical and mental health professionals, they're kind of getting hip to the fact that there are many different influences in life. But an astrologer, me, could go right to the heart of it, uh, and that's happened to me a few times. And then, if the person can work with that experience, it can clear out a lot of things. Okay, and is there any way that you can? How do you tell for certain, or let's say, how would you say, with what is the most concrete evidence 
that you have that affirms what a person's past life will be based on what you do in the reading? Good question. There is the concrete evidence, the proof is in the pudding, and that's the long and short of it. Because there's no way, you can't take a blood test, you can't take an energy psychic test, you can't go to the internet and say, is it true that this person was blah, blah, blah in this lifetime? It is a kind of knowing that is based on energy, uh, the Akashic records of all knowledge in the world, a feeling, all of these very, quote unquote, intangible things. When I say the proof is in the pudding, if the person responds uh, just verbally to the suggestion of this, then you know you're kind of in the right ball game. And then if I continue to work with someone, many times they will say, oh, you know, I had this dream. And then their dream life, which is our unconscious and is connected to all knowledge in the world, confirms that there was a sticky wicket or there was a problem in this area at some time in a past life. And it's not important if you were a king, a queen, um, uh, whatever. It's the energy of the situation that is bothering you right now. For example, you want an example? Yeah. Okay. This isn't my life, but it is from a client who uh, really loved her husband a great deal. They had two children, and but they were having a terrible time uh, physically, romantically, sexually. I mean, just missing the boat. And she said uh, very um, gingerly, she said, I love my husband, but I feel like I'm being assaulted. And... I was looking at her chart, and I thought, you know, I don't think that's the case. I had her husband's chart. He was not some kind of brutish guy. Um, I think that that was a memory of an assault or many assaults from past lives, and she was bearing the weight of that this lifetime around. And since she had a good husband and a good marriage, basically, and two kids, it really was uh, important or it was worth it to try and clear it up, which she did through a series of past life regressions, a um, couple of dreams after I – all I did was suggest that because, my again, my talent is not regressing people for their past lives but just kind of pointing them in the right direction. And things got better. So I say, okay, that probably was true. That was something that was helpful uh, to her. Wow. So that's how you're able to, to utilize it. Now, is there anything that you do to read a person's astrological chart that is different than the techniques that have been used uh, throughout earlier centuries? And is there anything that you do that's different? That um, I, I think that in terms – first of all, if you take all the information, you feed it into a computer, and I put my birth information in, I can get a computer printout that has some accuracy because it is a mathematical construct. Mars in the sky was in the planet of the constellation of Sagittarius when I was born. That's a fact. How I manifest that energy is unique to me and unique to every person. So what and, and there are many good astrologers, many. But I think I have a particular ability to sum up a person's chart 
and say, this is who you are according to your astrological chart. This is where your path is leading you. And if you're not going in that direction or having some problems, here are some things that you can do to move things along. Um, I, I truly like to help people find solutions um, in, in their life. You know, a kind of the, who's that guy? Tony Robbins. <laughs> you could do it. Um, but I can see levels of, uh, of, of um, uh, influences in a person's life that uh, a psychologist can't necessarily. And I think that all of the virtues would say that they have the same desire to help people out. And um, we go maybe different ways up the mountain, but that's the purpose. Otherwise, you're kind of entertaining yourself for no reason, which is a waste of time. What were the three most profound insights that you've had in the course of your life, the three biggest uh, leaps of, um, let's say, leaps of consciousness or three biggest life lessons that you've personally learned? I would say that... um, person doesn't always get what they want in life, but most times they get what they need. Okay. And um, I would also say that after, because I, I, I would say I had a little chaotic uh, growing up period in my, my um, 20s and, and uh, up till about 32 were chaotic that um, the universe really is abundant and uh, will work with you as long as you um, offer, no, not offer, cooperate with the, um, let's say, I'll call them the laws of the earth. Okay. When you say the laws of the earth, what are some of the laws of the earth that um, as you reap, so, so, so shall you sow, <laughs> from okay. the Bible. Uh, or, the, let's say, what's been called the law of attraction is a law of the earth. Um, it's possible that people attract uh, good things when they're, you know, crumb bums, but somewhere in their essence or whatever, they're not a crumb bum. And the universe doesn't judge. The law judges, people judge, but... Um, the the um, ability to shine the light on a person's um, life and you know light the candle rather than curse the darkness we all have um, and it does take work to to go in that direction but that's why I always tell every client there's no such thing as a cursed chart none there are difficult charts. And there are people who find themselves in extreme situations and sometimes extremely negative situations. If they have an epiphany, if they have a realization, they can, and probably a little bit quickly, turn that around. But if you can't embrace that concept, you're stuck. What what would be a situation that you would akin to that? Um, What would you say? Yeah, it's a situation where you used you just elaborate on an example of seeing something and do something about it and not being able to see it. Well, I, for some reason, I was thinking about Heinrich Himmler. 
um, because I read something about his, um, and this is really kind of outrageous, um, and I don't know Himmler's chart off the uh, off the um, the top of my head, but one of his grandnieces or one of his relatives was trying to claim reparations for some family property that had been um, uh, confiscated during the war in in payment for war crimes, which he was committed uh, uh, convicted of. So. I have the feeling there, and I know that Germany as a whole has worked very, very hard to balance the evil that was done to the, their people and by their people. And so this, this seemed to me a particularly clueless individual that she would even go public with such a thing. So is she fated to just be a, an idiot the rest of her life and, 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 and feel abused because her, her, her relative was probably one of the, the most um, horrendous, horrendous and heinous uh, uh, war criminals? Well, if, if she could think with her heart a little bit, she'd realize, oh, well, I'd better do something else. Uh, I'm not sure if that's an exact example, but that's what came to mind. Now, you're saying that the universe will work with you if you're utilizing something. We see a number of people in the population that say, for example, are not attaining a success as the 1% of the population. Let's just face it. Right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of discussion in our society. Well, there's a 99% and there's a 1%. And I think that some people tend to, to demonize or be upset about these 1%. They have all this wealth. And I don't know. I like to think that well, you know, obviously they've, they've put in certain codes that have allowed them to, uh, you know, experience this great life in abundance. And it should be teachers, uh, you know, they should be examples for all that this is what you can attain because it is possible because you have individuals who have attained this. So why would you decree as an example, astrologically speaking, as to why an individual is not at that level of a 1% or even somebody who's abundantly wealthy? What are some of the things that hold back? Because, one, they're comparing themselves with a model that may not be theirs. Okay. And, um, for example, in terms of money, uh, we all have the planet Saturn somewhere. And the planet Saturn teaches us lessons, structure, and delay and limitations. So if you are born with Saturn in the second house, you will have a second house being cash, money, um, among other things. You will have um, more challenges in the cash flow of life. Now, let's say at the same time you had Jupiter in the planet, uh, in, the, in the house of marriage, and Jupiter is the great benefic in the um, astrological universe. He's, he's kind of the, the generous, abundant guy. So that would mean that you have great blessings in your marriage, in your partnership. Now, what kind of blessings? Could be money, but it could be just a wonderful partner. It could be um, a, uh, a fun uh, a fun marriage, you know. So although you may not um, be 1% in your bank account, that's only one department of life. And the 12 houses of an astrology chart outline uh, all possible areas of, of life, um, known and unknown. So it's, it's uh, concrete realities and also um, uh, energetic, uh, intangible realities, dreams, 
energies, religious experiences, etc. So saying, and, and, and there's another thing, is, is that people become frustrated because many of the of the positive um, um, uh, speakers and, and affirmation people and everything says, you can have everything you want. Okay, you can. Uh, however, if you are constantly feeling less than because you don't have it now, you ain't going nowhere, you know, because your frustration becomes a barrier. Uh, and it is difficult for some signs, maybe for all of us, to see ourselves as, and I won't say the cause of the problem, but to, to see where and really who we are and what our challenges are. And the chart always outlines that. So, you know, there's, there, there's some people that are, you know, they're really going to go up to the mountain and meditate. I mean, they're just not of this earth as we know it in the 24-7 internet zoom, zoom um, uh, world, world that we have. And so um, maybe they'd like to be part of the 1%, but really their, their heart is in the monastery. There's not a lot of them, but there are some people. So, so people have to come to grips with their own uh, palette, their own set of colors, their own set of, of energies. And that doesn't mean you don't get the goodies. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean that. But it means that your goodness or your good comes in the way you need it for your soul's growth. And worrying about what the other guy has or the 1% or the whatever is a waste of time. Sure, but it's maybe that I meant has to necessarily be worrying about the person. They, I think they just want the end result. Uh, maybe they're saying, you know what, I, it doesn't matter. I don't want to have the life that they have. I just kind of – I want the end result of the uh, the capability of, of creating the life that I ha that I want within the terms of my own you know, infinity. Right? Okay. Well, I would say the journey is the is the destination, you know? And and what you what you do along that road um, is more important than how it runs out. There used to be this fabulous quotation that I had on our front door. My husband reminds me of it, which is that in the space program, all of the rockets that they have shot have been off course 90% of the time, and yet they hit the target. Now, how about that? Interesting, right? So a lot of times we're fumbling around. We don't know exactly what we're doing or what we're trying to do. Uh, we'd like more. We'd like it to be easier. And yet we move on and we grow and we try our best. And there's contentment within that. I think there's discontent in, in um, feeling um, that we got shafted that we should have more, that uh, everybody, you know, else has got more, you know, or any of those kind of comparisons. Do you think that that, that idea that um, you know, there's a collective outcry saying, ah, oh, you know, the 99%, the 1%, do you feel that the, because there's a collective outcry or recognition of that, that that is actually in some way keeping a majority of people within the confines of the financial restriction? Mm, it could be. You know, as we think, so it happens. But the outcry is, I think, a spiritual cry. Because if you think about um, the outcry is that the world that we are living in right now is so poor. 
and I don't mean financially. The, 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 the society is not giving us food in a, in a nurturing uh, spiritual way. And we think that the 1% is having a great old time, but we've seen countless examples of this 1% doing incredibly personally destructive things, not everybody, and suicides and all sorts of things. So I think they are spiritually impoverished, but they're not materially impoverished. And to have everything come together is is, a, is a, the work of a lifetime, and not everybody manages it this time around. Okay. Now, Christellus, there are some people out there that may not be aware of the idea that, or the fact that you do a lot of consultations. I mean, you take on clients that want to know about the personal life, but you also work with people in business. And people, mm-hmm. even these wealthy CEOs, will come up to you and say, Christellus, I need to know what your thoughts are. Yep. About the trajectory of death. How do you, can you provide the um, listeners and how you do a reading for a potential business deal yep. or a company? How do you do that? Well, I always start out trying to get as many of the quote unquote facts as I can. The facts in this case being the day, time, year, and place that a business is born. Same as a person. So if you, uh, you know, and we can look up actually, and there's a guy who does stock market um, astrology, and he has the founding dates of GM and IBM and all of these businesses, um, and he tracks the um, ups and downs of the uh, of the business based on the business's astrology chart. Then uh, I remember I was on television once about this uh, when. Um, what's his name? Who was before Bernanke? The Federal Reserve uh, guy. Al Greenspan. Uh, uh, um, yeah, Greenspan. Greenspan, thank you. Uh, when there was a big conversation about whether they were going to cut the rate or not, the, the lending rate, the Feds. And um, I had the chart for the stock exchange. I had Greenspan's chart. I had all sorts of things. And so I was there on, on, in, the, in the TV studio um, and uh, it was a simple question. Are they going to cut the rate or are they not going to cut the rate? And um, some people said, no, they won't cut it. I, I kind of, maybe I waffled, but I thought that uh, they would, would um, cut it, but not as much as everybody thought. And um, I have to say I was partially right. At that moment, they did not, but later on, six months, they did. So I, my timing was off. Um, so I try and analyze all that stuff, and if I were just doing it mentally, I, I would probably go mad because it's too much information. And that's where I think my talent comes in is that I can kind of put it together and say, oh, this is what's going to happen, and that's a leap. So And and so, so – So here's the thing, too. I, I mean, is it like – say, for example, you, you end up somebody – you start a company, you say, okay, we're going to start the company. But, you know, there's some paperwork delays. And so does the company become born when you and you the person, you and the founding members decided it is or when you know, it goes through the government and say, okay, well, you know, legally speaking, your company is, is, in, is officially starting on this day? Usually, I mean, if I'm not personally involved with, you know, because people call me up and they say, well, should I do this now or should I wait? wait. So if I'm personally involved, I try and find the best day, time, and well, place is usually a given uh, for a person to 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 do that. Um, 
if if the company has already uh, been born, so to speak, then I could probably track it. So if somebody could tell me when they had the idea, that might be one date. But the traditional way is when the you open your doors, if it's a store or if it's a, a physical, call it bricks and mortar, or um, uh, when you receive your uh, LLC or whatever paperwork, whatever, um, or when you file it. And so if I were really concentrating, I could look at all of those things and see which one most accurately uh, describes the business. Because the chart has to describe the situation it's referring to. Otherwise, it's no good. So if I have a business um, of um, entertainment, an entertainment business, and there isn't a lot of emphasis in the fifth house or in the sign of Leo or in the sign of, let's say, Sagittarius, then something's off. So I would kind of look around for a better astrological description and then use that. And that's intuitive. Okay. Nobody tells you that in the book. Have you, <laughs> have you ever done the reading or a chart of somebody who's very close to you and conclude that they were destined to have an early departure from the physical realm? Um, in fact, I have made mistakes in that regard. And I think, um, well, after the fact, my father died when I was um, uh, 15. But I didn't know any astrology at that point. So I certainly couldn't have foreseen that. After the fact, and looking at my chart, it was entirely understandable uh, from an astrological uh, standpoint that I would lose my father at a young age. Now that I know a lot of astrology, um, my uh, cousin's wife wa got very sick, 36 years old. And um, they called me and said, well, what do you see? And I would say my desire to make things um, easier overwhelmed my my uh, accuracy because in fact she did die when she was 37 which was a tragedy and I just said no I, I think it'll be all right um, other times I've been a little bit more um, objective and in fact it has turned out all right but that was one mistake that I made okay so what is it how do you tell within a person's trajectory or astrological chart reading that they're going to depart and does a person in their chart reading have an expiration date regardless of what they've accomplished or what they've evolved in? So what I'm saying is this. Not is, firm. Not firm. Um, there are extensions, you know, <laughs> the same way the, the library will say, okay, you don't have to bring that book back yet. Um, the, the, uh, I wrote a book called Advanced Astrology for Life. And uh, there's a chapter that I wrote about seeing death in the chart. And it is uh, unethical, really, to share that information with a client, even if they ask. Because why are they asking? Are they asking because they think they're going to inherit a lot of money? That's not so good. Um, are they asking because a parent is very sick and they're not sure that the money, the finances, the whole situation can be endured? That's different. And in that case, I would give uh, a time period. Uh, anyone who says that they can exactly predict death in the chart, it's 
not usual. And so my advice is we don't go there. When it's necessary, if someone calls me and says, well, here's this diagnosis, this is my mother, what do you think? And sometimes I've had to say it doesn't look so good and outline the time period. Um, and um, I hate to do that, of course, uh, and the person hates to hear it, but um, sometimes it's the most um, beneficial way to handle the question because it gives everybody time uh, to, to say goodbye, to prepare, to, to do whatever they have to do before they, they go. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that um, we do have a lot of, not a lot, but some control over whether we're going to stay on this side of the veil or, or another side. And um, there are deaths in a person's life where they don't physically cross over. The end of a career, um, the death of a relationship, um, an emotional pivot that is uh, devastating or painful. Um, so, so physical passing over um, is one thing, and then you can see other, um, let's say, connections uh, or disconnections in the chart that go into a, a pattern of, uh, of a death and a rebirth. So it's... it's um, just saying, okay, here today, gone tomorrow. It's a more complicated issue. Of all the charts of people that you've read over the years, I know we, we, we've had this conversation I think, probably offline and on your show, but I want to put it on, um, on record on the Outer Limits, but who would you say would be the three most unusual charts that you've ever come across? And why, why were they so unusual? Since I tell most people, and I believe it, that we are all unique snowflakes, that's kind of a hard one. Um, I remember a family. I did all of their charts because the father of the family was uh, very ill and then did pass away. And they were the most connected family I ever saw. Um, and it was interesting because when you looked at their four, uh, a, a, a son, a daughter, a mother, and a father. And each one of them was very strong in one element, fire, earth, air, water. So the fire person had mostly fire, the earth person mostly earth, the air person mostly air, and the water person mostly water, right? So the four of them were like this kind of unstoppable combo of all of the elements. And they, they you know, they had their ups and downs and whatever, but they, they were a very um, united uh, front. So that was, that was very interesting and very successful. Um, they made a lot of money and they spent a lot of money. They seemed to have a very um, uh, enjoyable uh, outlook on things when they were all together. Now the, the father of the family did pass away, and things are a little bit dicier now, but uh, that was interesting. Um, famous people's charts are interesting because usually they're very concentrated. Uh, I think I mentioned Rachel Ray's chart. Total Virgo, like seven planets in Virgo, and that's a huge con a concentration in one, in one uh, sign. Um, and I guess... I have a client who is a triple Pisces, sun, moon, and rising sign. 
and she uh, she's one of those people who probably would be happy up there in the monastery. She just kind of floats along and and is is so very sensitive that I think um, basically everyday life is a little bit uh, of a challenge for her. So it's the concentration. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah, is there any time when you're reading a chart of a person that would lead you to indicate? that they have not had a previous life incarnation on Earth, that they may be coming here from a different realm, a different planetary system. Yes, yes. I, I, my mind kind of gets weird about that because, you know, I know about the little gray men or the green men or whatever. <laughs> but um, I believe I, I have um, both in a positive sense and a negative sense. I'll tell you some person that I believe was an alien. Okay. You're, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Steve Jobs. Okay. I think that um, he, yeah, I think he was an alien. I don't know where he came from, but um, his his background, his talents, his his uh, energies were um, not completely of the earth. His all I know, all I remember from his chart is he was a Pisces, and um, I don't have on the top of my head the rest of his chart. Have you ever utilized your gift of astrology? to help individuals uh, find the love of their life. Like if, if there's somebody out there who's trying to, to find that their soulmate, how can they utilize astrology? Because you've written this really great book. It's called, it's called uh, Sex with the... Everything Sex Signs Book, yeah. Sex Signs. Well, that's after you found the person. you got to get between the sheets to read that book. Okay. <laughs> so how do you, how do you use uh, the astrology to, to find someone, to, to find... Well, uh, to find someone? Yeah, that. How do you know what signs you get after? Well, this is my, my way of going about that. First of all, the timing has to be right. If Saturn is hanging around your fifth house of romance or your seventh house of marriage, you got to wait because nothing's going to happen. It's kind of get in a good mode, then it's the time to um, take a look. And uh, some people do respond well to the matchmaking thing on, on the internet. Other people won't go near it. So what I try and do is figure out what kind of mate the person would be compatible with. Would it be a fire sign, an earth sign, a water sign, an air sign, just to be simple about it. And then make suggestions about where those kinds of signs like to hang out. So if you want to look for a, a watery Cancerian, you're going to have to find a very cozy situation or the beach or something that is protected and um, uh, uh, congenial to that sign. Now, it, it doesn't, it's not always so simple to say sun sign to sun sign, you know, because the moon is very important and Mars and Venus. But by, by mixing up the, the person who's coming to me and seeing who, with whom they would be compatible and kind of pointing them in that direction, it works out. It works out. Um, not 100%, but um, like I would say to some people, look, person around your neighborhood. And... They say, okay, fine. And then they come back and say, you know, the funniest thing happened. I met this person <laughs> on the bike path, and and um, I said, okay, good. That that corresponds with your truth. Miss Constance Stellis, it was a great, great honor to speak Thank with you, you today Thank to you, have Ryan. the other show. I mean, I really enjoyed that, you know, the 
great answers and exploring uh, how you got into astrology and how you've incorporated that. And, you know, you've been such a great valued asset to our program. We all love you and we all appreciate you. So well, thank you. Thank you. You're doing good work. We carry on. So much. All right. And to learn more about Miss Constance Dallas, please go to our website at ConstanceDallas.com. Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium and healer and empath, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at CarrieO'Connor.com. Miss O'Connor, what can you tell us about Miss Constance Dallas? Constance is very cool. As soon as I looked into her energy field, Ryan, I saw all these sacred geometry um, symbols. So they were all, you know, if you're familiar with sacred geometry, there was um, tons and tons of symbols that looked like it was raining in her energy field. I'm not surprised she works with temples. Behind her, I saw all these images of temples, ancient temples down from Lemurian, Atlantean. So she's been around many, many times called her energy signature, like an ancient um, soul signature. She comes in during beginning times and end times. So she definitely came in in this lifetime to be able to build a new world. And she's been around and she's got like, I've seen lifetimes of science times where she's been, where it looks like working with sound and with light to, to again, create and uh, interesting, interesting individual. Not surprised she has dual um, medium, I mean, dual citizenship. There's a real strong, um, even before I read that, I saw all this um, Greek imagery behind her. And then she's got dual, uh, you know, she was born in Greece. So she comes in from, with an ancient Greece history. She is very much connected to that. And especially um, the temple, and it's more, it's not necessarily about the things, it's about the energy and the teaching and the education that they held, that she's here, that she holds it in her energy signature, and she's here to teach and remind people of it. And it really is about building a new earth, building a new time right now. now when she does astrology, she, I don't know, she yeah. constantly does astrology and she does a report. She seems to, she pulls things very quickly, even though she's using a computer. She seems yes. to have a very, uh, distinctive grasp upon it. And I was wondering yeah. if there's anything about the way she does things now that is a carryover from her previous life incarnation. Like, is there any particular qualities that she carries over from her previous life? I saw her as the, a seer that looked on. Think of ancient times that they would have the seer um, that would be, give um, advice to the governments, to the kings and queens and the, and the pharaohs of how they should lead their country and what they should do. They depended on these people. So I saw her next to them. They totally depended on ancient times, on astrology. Astrology, they would know when to do crops, when to um, go to war, when to meet with people. It's an it's an, an ancient art that has a lot of weight to it. An astrologer, a really good friend of mine, said, Carrie, I read a map, and this is what I do. I read and interpret a map, and a map is our neonate is when we're born. You could read the map of the earth. You could read the map of the land. So Constance has a very good, with her history in ancient times, she's got an excellent ability to be able to bridge the ancient times, be able to read the maps and be able to really zone into, into the person and, and read them in all different ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, or what the way I read people, I say I read them individually. I read how they're connected to the earth. And then I read what I call the universal grids. And that's like their oversoul or what they came in here for. And Constance does reads, reads people like that to, um, too. Wow. It's very and, cool. 
as far as what she's doing and her capabilities go, is there any particular uh, life lesson that she's actively working to go through? Is there anything where she could uh, have a little more clarity as far as an evolutionary goal for this time around? I see her going right at this point, and especially the next two or three years of her, it looks like she's diving off the edge of a pool, and at times she's wondering if there's a pool in there where astrology is books, and you read it, and it's very, again, there's no, um, it's for, it could be very scientific, but she's diving into merging and trusting and backing herself up with her own intuition um, that she's getting. She's extremely intuitive, and she knows it. But it's like, how do I take this and bridge this over to the next stage? And and I do see her bridging it. She just wrote the book about sex, right? Uh, she, I guess she had written that book. She, she, she had written it some time ago, but – all right. Well, I see her giving. All right. Let's say her going back, taking and um, it looks like um, breathing the dust off of it, putting new energy into it, like a new life force or rearranging some things about it, going back to old printing and again, revising it. Everything changes when it's in constant flux. So she could get new information, new insights in that this time in particular, it's a great timing for her, especially. Sometimes it's like you could have a great product in the timing, the divine timing for the earth just isn't the time. So she, so timing for her is coming up for the next, um, you could say, one and a half to two years in particular. She's going into a time of really um, jumping into, I, I see a pool of, of, of abundance, which is great for her. That's great. Great to hear. Long overdue. <laughs> yeah. Miss Carrie O'Connor, thank you so much for that great analysis on Miss Constance Dallas. And to learn more about Miss O'Connor and to get a reading with Miss O'Connor, please go to our website at CarrieOConnor.com. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Ryan. It's always a pleasure. Joining us now is the angel reader, globally respected psychic medium, Miss Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Miss Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Constance Dulles? First of all, I absolutely love her. She, her voice alone, it just makes me happy when I hear her. There's something about her tone and her energy that, that brings smiles, and I feel like I'm not the only one that captures that. She's, she's just an amazing young woman. And with her, her energy and her enthusiasm, when she's taught, bringing out the, the energy of the stars and the alignments, it is just very, it's, it captures your heart. Now with her, you know, the intelligence behind it and the articulation, how she chooses her words to emphasize what she's trying to share with a, about a person, it just seems to really thoroughly sew up what a person's um, living through in their, life, in their life path. I feel like she not only has done such deep research into astrology, um, but also she has a, such a natural knack, um, a natural gift with clairvoyance with that. So those... She doesn't really talk about her clairvoyance. So you think she, she, she thinks she has the, the gift that she's displaying she, it in different means? I think she plugs in. I really do. I feel like she picks up um, energy or picks up information from other sources and can couple that into her uh, discovery work when she's looking into the astrology, you know, into the charts. So 
So it just feels to me that she really does have a, a, a strong gift. And, you know, she may feel like, well, it's not, you know, it's really the science of astrology that she captures it. But I feel in my heart that she's also getting something instinctual um, when she's downloading the information that she's receiving. Are there any past lives that you can reveal about this? Well, I feel like that's where I'm, you know, a lot of the information about her being um, gifted that way. I do feel that she was a seer in the past life. And back when it wasn't necessarily... um, it wasn't guarded. She was, she was able to really go with her art full full tilt. Um, This is back in, it feels like the 1800s. And, you know, she was noted and um, people would come and listen to her. And, and I feel that she was very respected in the, in the area that she lived. Now, you know, while I'm saying it was respected, I mean, there was going to be some issues with the governments and laws, and uh, but it doesn't seem like it really affected her. It does feel like it was in Europe, um, in France, actually. Uh, and I, I just feel like she was, um, again, respected and honored for her gifts. And... I I feel like priests and other clergymen would come and, and contact her. You know, it, it's very unusual, you know, the, the, the insights that I'm capturing on her. It feels to me like she was a Christian mystic. And at this point where she was, when she was doing her work, uh, it was respected. And she what I'm capturing here also is that she had a gift of healing I I keep on getting the words when my eyes are closed and get the word miracles miracles so I do feel like part of the energy that she would be flowing in was was a healing art that would come from her heart chakra and that wouldn't surprise me if she doesn't still have that uh, that gift resonating through her. Okay, and is there any number of life lessons she came here to take on? And is there anything that she could be doing at this moment now to further and enhance her evolution? Well, I feel like this lifetime's more about educating others. Where that lifetime I'm speaking of was touching people individually. This lifetime, she's going to have the opportunity to do that more globally. And, you know, it's it's more about educating people that, you know, that we are all part of this grid, that we're all interconnected. And she can do this in such a beautiful way just from her her stance. She's so non-threatening and non-scary. And she doesn't come off as... um, I don't know. I just like to say a know-it-all. She doesn't come off pushy with it. It's just it just comes through so in a, such a humble, bubbly way. I feel like it's very catchy, and uh, you know she has me listening. You know, I I she really intrigues me. I I enjoy her her presence and 
her words with this. I learned a lot through her just from listening to her on the show. So I really believe that's what her whole her her whole energy this lifetime's about is just to get it out there to more and more people. And I know that she's going to be very successful at that, and and it's going to continue to grow. Miss Laura Lynn, the angel reader. Thank you so much for that real great analysis on your fellow virtue, Miss Constantellas. And to learn more about Miss Lynn and to get a past life reading or reading with Miss Lynn, please go to her website at angelreader.net. Thank you so much, Miss Lynn. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you, Constance, for being part of the virtues. We love you. Joining us now is Mary Jane Pop host of Pop-Off Radio on KHI, Sacramento, California. She is also author of the book, Marilyn and Joe, The Inside Story of Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. Ms. Pop, welcome to the program. And what can you tell us about Ms. Constance Ellis? Well, I am so glad to be with you. And I love Constance. I've had her on a couple of times now. And i got to tell you, the main thing is that she has an honesty and a passion. And those two things are critical when you do radio. Uh, she also has an historical accuracy, which she can go back and tell us the history of things as not boring. Uh, that's what I actually love, because sometimes it can get pretty stale if you have the history of something, or, or some of the guests will get uh, technical, and then people, nobody understands what they're saying. Not with Constance. She's absolutely terrific. She tells a believable story, and that is so important on radio. Because let's be honest, it's not television, it's not internet, you don't have pictures, you don't have video, everything is sold with your voice. Your listeners know when you're telling it like it really is, or if you're trying to put one over on it. But bottom line, again, is passion for what she does. You can tell she lives it, she breathes it, she enjoys it. And when you love what you do, you can deliver to everyone. And her passion, that is also right there all the time. It comes right through the airwaves. Oh, and last question is this, is you've worked with or spoke with a number of astrologers over the years on your radio show. How does Constance stand out amongst other astrologers that you've interviewed and had on? You mean as far as accuracy or delivery? Yes, accuracy, delivery, everything. Delivery, fantastic, top of the line, no problem at all. Uh, accuracy, right on, uh, because she really pinpoints not only like your sun sign, but your moon sign, how the other planets all in, you know, get involved with the planet that you are from. Like I happen to be a Leo, uh, and I think she said I was a double Leo, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, I'm in deep trouble. And the way she tells it, it is all positive, which is good. You know, I don't think anybody needs to, you know, dwell on the negative. You can give maybe little warnings or a little bit of an idea of what you can or can't do to circumvent any problems, but she is a positive person. And, man, do we need that in our world today. Excellent. Miss Mary Jane Pop, thank you so much for your insight. And Miss Constance Dallas, and to learn more about Miss Mary Jane Pop, you want to hear her on the radio, go to KHI, Sacramento, California Radio, listen to Pop-Off Radio. She's fantastic, and we love her. Thank you so much, Mary Jane. My pleasure. Anytime. Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium and psychic empath healer, Miss Lisa Kaza. You can learn a lot more about Miss Kaza by going to her website at lisakaza.com. Miss Kaza, what can you tell us about your fellow virtue, Miss Constance Stellis? 
Well, again, I have to say I love Constance. I love all of the girls on on the team. Um, the first thing that that really draws me to Constance is her heart. Uh, she has such a, an amazing amount of compassion for everybody, um, a great listener, and I love her reading style. Like, yes, she's into astrology, but I'm going to tell you something. It was Constance and her work in astrology that actually sparked my own interest in astrology because before I never really had an interest in it. And But the the way that she does her astrology readings she has a bluntness about her she tells things the way she sees them uh, she doesn't fool around but she does so with such compassion that it doesn't matter what what she's saying whatever negative that she sees or says it's always taken very well by by all of her clients I'm feeling myself included um, and she has this astounding dedication and I'm hearing to serve, to serve others and to guide others with her astrology work. Um, Her astrology work in itself is actually, like you had said yourself before we did this, very deeply rooted within her. And I agree 200% because one one of the things that I was shown was that well, besides her obvious Greek ties, I know that she has a Greek background. She also has, uh, well, for one, like a, a Mayan past life. Yeah, she was in the times of the Mayans. What? No, Maya, May, like Mayan, oh. right? Right. <laughs> Mayan. <laughs> yes. Hearing aid over here. Oh jeez. Okay. What was, what was she Yes, was yes. Yes, she was a Mayan. And um as many know, what did they do? They you know, watched the stars and they calculated. And this is something very amazing. I had to actually take quite a bit of time in meditation to make sure of what I'm about to say is accurate because it's quite significant. Uh, Constance was actually a definite, I'm hearing the word contributor to the actual mind calendar and its calculations. Her work is in that calendar. And so that like, that leads me into saying uh, when I had done the, um, an analysis for Carrie, I had said that Carrie was one of the oldest of us four virtues. Well, Constance matches Carrie somewhat. Uh, Carrie's the oldest, Constance is the second oldest in terms of spirit, her spirit's trajectory. Because like, uh, when you think about that past life, that's like thousands of years ago. And she's been working with astrology. I'm feeling almost every lifetime or every other lifetime because I'm also shown another past life where she was a Native American medicine woman in fear. And she would predict a lot of things by watching the moon and the stars and, and nature. And that actually brings me what happened next, what I saw. It was actually quite cool because this never happened to me before. But I saw just this black flashing just go 
flitted right across my my field of vision. And it startled me, and I'm going, okay, what what the heck was that? And I just happened, I look over to my right, and I see it was a a bird. It was a blackbird. It's her animal totem. But it's not just any blackbird. It's the red-winged blackbird. And I found that so interesting and wonderful because the red-winged blackbird, firstly, that's the first time I think I ever picked up on that particular totem for a number of years. But secondly, um, at its core, the red-winged blackbird um, means has the meaning of um, understanding the forces of Mother Nature and, and, well, the cosmos. And that's pretty much what, what Constance does with the astrology. She gauges and she calculates um, the, what's, you know, cause and effect of what's going on between Mother Nature and the planets and vice versa. So I found that very interesting. And the last thing I picked up, and I don't know what this is. Uh, I don't know her birth date, but the red-winged blackbird has uh, a connection to the astrological sign of cancer. So I don't know if she, Constance, is a cancer, or maybe she has... Uh, cancer rising in, in, in her astrological chart, maybe. I don't know. I'm Constance is the astrologer, not me. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know where this cancer comes in, but uh, other than the fact that apparently it does have some kind of connection to astrology itself. So I found it very interesting. Miss Lisa Kaza. Thank you so much for your great analysis on fellow virtue, Miss Constance Ellis. And to learn more about Miss Lisa Casa and to get a phenomenal reading with Miss Lisa Casa, please go to our website at lisacaza.com. Thank you so much, Miss Casa. Oh, thanks so much, Ryan. It was a pleasure. All right, everyone. That concludes tonight's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Very special thanks to our featured guest, our virtue. Miss Constance Stellis, the Astro Phenom. Miss Laura Lynn. Miss Lisa Kaza. Miss Carrie O'Connor. Miss Mary Jane Pop. And Mr. Fu. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care and have an unbelievable weekend. There are many misconceptions about meditation. Most of them lead you to believe that meditation is difficult and that it takes many years to master. Not true. Ajay and Boris has taught meditation since 1973 to thousands of students around the world. You can have deep, profound meditations from the very first sitting with effortless mind meditation. Join Ajayan for a free webinar on Effortless Mind Meditation, Thursday, July 30th from 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Go to EffortlessMindMeditation.com to register now. You too can experience the many benefits of meditation, deep relaxation, reduced depression and anxiety, increased vitality and mental clarity, improved health, normalized blood pressure and more. 
Discover how to meditate effortlessly, achieve deep peace in minutes, and reverse the harmful effects of aging. Go to EffortlessMindMeditation.com to register for a free webinar on Effortless Mind Meditation today. What are you doing in October? Why not travel to the birthplace of meditation and yoga, the source of the sacred Ganges River, high in the Himalayas with world-renowned meditation teacher at Jay and Boris. This region of the Himalayas is considered by many to be the most physically beautiful in the world, and it is as rich with spiritual history as with natural beauty. Here, for countless millennia, saints and sages have taken refuge to perform their spiritual practices. The gods and goddesses are said to dwell here, and for centuries, devotees have journeyed to Ganjo Tree to visit the source of that holiest of holy rivers. The Ganges. We invite you to journey to the spiritual heart of our planet to enjoy a sublime and sacred meditation and nature retreat with Ajayan Boris. For more information, go to ajayan.com or email ajayan at ajayan.com. You can call 425-677-5451. That's 425-677-5451. This year's Ganges retreat is October 3rd through the 16th. She's been called Paula Revere, the mother of the internet and even a legend. The mouth that roars, roars all truth without any input from corporate, religious, or political affiliations. Rhea's in it just like you are. Often imitated but never duplicated. Commercial free talk providing a real education in a world filled with lies, cover-ups, and propaganda. Subscribe now and encourage your friends to do the same. Feel good about supporting real media that supports you and all life on this planet. Pick a subscription of your choice and get started on the journey down the rabbit hole. If you are financially challenged or a senior on a limited income, please send an email to maria at maria.net and she will work something out for you. There's never been a more dangerous or exciting time to be alive. Education is a necessity now. Stay informed. Subscribe today at www.meria.net. Spiritual Professor is a name some of Maria's students and clients refer to her as. After a consultation or class with Maria, some have gone as far as calling her the Force or the Oracle. Maria is simply a woman, a mother, and grandmother who was born with a keen natural intuition. She's got a lot of life experience and she's a constant student herself. This is what qualifies her to help those who are on their journey and need some direction. Some students visit her in person, others on the phone or on Skype. Maria will work with you on your own timeline, guiding you down your best possible path. You can learn to balance the mind, body, and spirit in what seems to be a world gone mad. As David Icke says about Maria, Maria's the real deal, extremely intuitive but with her feet firmly on the ground, out there but down here, no bullshit. Whatever you need in this part of your journey is what Maria will help you with. She'll give you the tools you need to make the rest of your life the best of your life. See private consultations with Maria on the site at MERIA.net and pick the one that resonates with you. You are not alone. The professor is in at Maria.net. Now back to the show.
I'm Richard Dugan, host of Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Since we went on the air September 7th, 2007, we've interviewed hundreds of visionaries, consciously creative thinkers, luminaries in the New Thought Movement, all desiring to move toward a better world for all. A world that is supported by everyone for everyone, where dreams do come true and life is lived to thrive, grow, and know who we are as individuals and as a species coexisting with all life on this earth. To make that happen, we need each other. We need community. That means we need to talk to those who live, work, and play here on the Central Coast who are making a difference for themselves and the whole community. I'd like you to tell me who you think has a passion and purpose that we can feature on Tell Me Your Story. What topics matter to you? Please let me know by sending an email to tmys at richarddugan.com. That's tmys for Tell Me Your Story at richarddugan.com. The email address is tmys at richarddugan.com. I look forward to hearing from you and building a better world together. And stay tuned. There's more Tell Me Your Story to come. Say, what have you got going on Tuesday nights? Not much, huh? Well, by a staggering coincidence, not much is exactly what Rob Saul's got going on, too. And so, he'll be hosting The Rob Saul Show, Tuesday nights at 10. It's a show filled with laughter, music, interesting conversations with fascinating people, and, of course, sob stories from the love life of Rob Saul. So, Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time... Come on over to the Rob Zoll Show at TuneIn.com, part of the Ripped Radio Network. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. 